Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. The young rookie who came to the playoffs late for the Devils but has played physically big. Friesen, Ruck picks it up, trying to go back to the point, did, white shot, blocked by Niedermeyer, Scott Niedermeyer, scores! Mike Ruck deflected it! Was that a big goal or something? I don't know. We'll have to find out from our next guest. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott with you, 106 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now, brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex, who wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owner and operated place to buy office technology and software. We welcome back to the show longtime NHL player, a guy the Edmonton Oilers once had interest in signing, uh, Mike Rupp, who's our Oilers Now headliner for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Uh, Mike joins us, I believe. Uh, Mike, are you in Tampa right now, or are you in New York, New York City or Pennsylvania? Where are you at? I'm, I'm, in, uh, I'm in Tampa, just uh, getting ready to get things moving down here and uh, excited to get this game one started and glad to be traveling once again and being a part of it down here. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Mike, uh, big playoff goal for you back in 2003. It ended pretty well for New Jersey that year, didn't it? <laughs> it did. It did. It's all about being in the right place at the right time, Bob. And, uh, you know, back then it was uh, – I had a unique path to the finals there as far as being a black ace and not playing the entire playoffs and then obviously getting in there – uh, for games uh, four, five, six, and seven, and um, you know it was uh, it was quite the series, and I had quite the leaders around me that made me feel comfortable, and I was able to make an impact on the series, so it, it was all good. All right, well, we're going to hit on several different topics. First, I want to start just uh, how you see this series shaking down between Tampa Bay and Montreal. Uh, I have the Lightning in five. I haven't called the Montreal Canadiens series right yet. I'm actually hoping that continues. But uh, what do you think is going to happen here between the uh, defending Stanley Cup champion and the surprise Canadians? Well, I think first and foremost, uh, you know, I, I think that we've seen now this Montreal Canadiens team. This is no fluke. What they're doing here, the way they're playing, um, it's incredible. And you got to give a lot of credit, uh, I think, to obviously the way that Carey Price is playing, but the, uh, they're big four defensemen. I mean, I have never seen Ben Chirot play better hockey in his life. Uh, he's logging a ton of minutes, some games leading their decor in minutes played. And uh, they've got guys that are making it very tough to get to Carey Price. And that's what this Tampa team has got to figure out because we've now seen 
what was it? It was seven games, first round, sweep in the second. So what was it, 16 games now that this team has played? And I still haven't seen someone get in the kitchen to carry Price. And you got to give that the, the credit to that decor, keeping everybody away. And I think if Tampa's not able to do that, and there's a million different ways of trying to do that, I'm not saying to take a run and uh, carry Price in like that. Just just make him uncomfortable. Uh, if they're not going to do that, then this uh, they're going to win again. And, and the Montreal Canadiens are going to be Stanley Cup champions. So that's something I'm really looking forward to, uh, to see if they've got the guys that are be, to be creative, get in there, and kind of rattle the pots and pans in the kitchen to carry Price. Well, you saw Tampa Bay get bounced out uh, against Columbus a couple years ago. Uh, in that year, Kucherov won the MVP, had 128 points. Stamkos and Point both were over 90 points. Those three guys combined for five points in four games against Columbus and got swept. They added guys like Barkley Goodrow and Blake Coleman and uh, and even Maroon, uh, you know, albeit as a fourth liner, kind of changed the complexion of what they had up front. Is there under, any way you can undersell the importance of those type of players? Or when you're yourself were kind of a similar type of player as to a guy like Patty Maroon, uh, you know, do you, do you have an appreciation for it or do you think we're moved away for it from it? Or conversely, is it more important than ever? Um, I think there's a the, it's more important ever to have specialty players. It's changed to some degree, and you know, Bob, you and I talk all the time about. I mean, specialty players go back and they look like a bunch of different things over the years, and the games change. But you still need players that have a specific role on a team, and um, sometimes it's a, a perfect example when the closing minute of Game Seven against the New York Islanders. I was sitting there and I'm watching, and it just dawned on me in that moment. I saw Barca Goudreau, the puck gets iced down. There's an empty net there for the Islanders. The puck gets iced down, and Goudreau gets down there quick. He gets the puck, doesn't try to score on that empty net. He just holds on to the puck behind the net. There's four New York Islanders there, hacking and whacking and trying to get the puck away. I mean, they're playing for their playoff lives. He eats about 10, 12 seconds down there. And then the puck finally gets going up ice. He gets a good change. Now it's like Sergachev's out there blocking shots, blocking shots, you know, the disturbing passing lanes. Like, they they manage the game. And they had to go and get specialty players to kind of do that and provide those nuances of the game. Skill-wise, they're all set. They've been all set for years, since 2015. They've been all set skill-wise. They had to learn how to get specialty players to manage the game, and I think that's the big difference. So I think this is, when you look at who Montreal has played so far in the playoffs, you've got the great offense in Toronto. You've got some really solid offense there in Winnipeg with a great goaltender. And then you look to the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the Vegas Golden Knights, the structured team, the contending team. I don't think Tampa is like any of them. I think they're a blend of all those teams. And that's going to be the big thing here is now do they have another level? If Montreal has another level, I think it's going to be a great series. Um, but they haven't seen anything like Tampa yet. And they, they manage the game and they have skill through the roof. We're joined by Mike Rupp from the NHL Network and from the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, television broadcast. And we bring up the Penguins because uh, for two and a half years until he took the job in Pittsburgh, Brian Burke was one of our regulars. And Berkey as a... Uh, uh, he has some things that his teams, he has truculence in his lineup. And I, 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 how much of it was goaltending and how much of it was maybe an absence of depth in terms of why Pittsburgh, despite having one of the five best players in the world, couldn't advance through. And, and how much of it was just being in a tough conference and a tough division. From your perspective, uh, what did you see there with what happened with Pittsburgh? 
I mean, I would be lying if I, I said goaltending wasn't an issue. Um, Tristan Jari has been really good in his young career, and there's been times where he's gone through some some rough patches, and he certainly did that in the playoffs. So uh, I think that that was, that was one thing. Uh, the one thing that's kind of plagued this team for a number of years, that's what I'm really interested to see, how Brian Burke and uh, Ron Hexall, how they influence this team and the build of this team is that they don't have those. The same thing we are just talking about. I, I just don't find that they have those game managers, right? And those players, whether it's truculence or whatever you want to call it, I think it's really important in this league to have guys who can wrestle momentum back. And, and that doesn't mean go out there and lay a big hit, which certainly still works, I think, in the game. But just hanging on to the puck in the offensive zone, understanding that when you have a shift, that, hey, guys, we need to go out there and we just need to play in the offensive zone. So let's not try to do a one and done, you know, try to turn it into a goal real quick. Let's just sustain the pressure, get a good change, give the next group an opportunity to come out here. And I feel like that's something where they haven't been able to find that mix um, in Pittsburgh for a few years. So I think with, with Sidney Crosby, what we've seen with him, he's so complete. He's such a great player. He does so much on both sides of the puck. But I feel like they're getting to that point now where him, Evgeny Malik, and Chris Letang are very effective players still. But they need a, they need some things taken off their plate. And uh, so I, I think that's kind of where they're at here. They need some lightning rod type guys. You're going to go out there and wrestle momentum away and manage the game. And, uh, you know, until they do that, it's, I don't know, I think you're going to see some of the same results that we've seen in the last couple of years. All right, we've talked about Zach Cassian on the show, uh, and you and me have had separate conversations about Zach in the past, Mike. And He could skate. He had a couple games against San Jose in the 16-17 playoffs where he was one of the Oilers' top two or three forwards. I would not call him a game manager. Uh, however, he does have an identity. Do you think he'd be the type of player that the Penguins would be interested in? Yeah, no, I do. Because I, I think what we've seen there, and, and you guys know that there in Edmonton, that he's certainly capable to jumping up and, and playing in a, in a, on a line with high-end guys and being able to thrive in that. I, I don't think long-term that that's the winning solution, but short-term and to go in there for a game and, I don't know, especially the way the scheduling is now and it looks like it's going to be with kind of your weekend series or your two-game series, you can go into whomever or whatever town and say, hey, you know, Zach Cassian, hop up there with the big dogs and um, let's create some space. And uh, I think that that's a something that he would do a, a really good job with. And just to kind of, I don't know, even, I think he's even a guy at times, I, I really like him as a player. Sometimes I feel like there's a little bit of a drop-off and he doesn't yep. have that edge every single game. But when he does bring it, it's really, it, it influences the game. And uh, I just find that you need to have a lightning rod guy where if a team's coming in, let's say, that, well, I don't want to go back to the Pittsburgh. Oh, we'll use Edmonton, for example. You're coming to Edmonton, you're playing the Oilers, you're saying we're going after, you know, we have to get on Connor, we have to get on Leon, that's your game plan. But if you have a guy on the other team who first shift is <laughs> running from one side of the ice to the other, hitting everything that moves, all of a sudden your focus gets off those guys. It's like you're, you're yelling at that guy and you're saying, look out for that guy. We're going to let, let him know, let him, let him know he's got to settle down. Now all of a sudden, it kind of loosens things up a little bit on 97 and 29. Now they get able to go out there. You need guys to take that focus off those guys. I think Zach Cassian could be that at certain times. I know uh, that uh, Connor McDavid has destroyed Nathan McKinnon head-to-head when Edmonton played Colorado, even though the last few years Colorado's probably had the better team. And I, there was a game in here where Cassian got McKinnon 15 shit seconds into the game. 
like just McKinnon tried to do a reverse pivot and pop back, and Cassian filled him in, and Calvert ended up having to fight him. Like it was just, it was. And, a, a and real... that's that's where the game plan game plan goes out the window at that point if you're Colorado. Right. And that's, right. that's beautiful, right? Like, you look for that. You game plan for the last two days watching video to play against them. And then when Nathan McKinnon gets lit up with a clean hit, now all of a sudden that's out the window. Now it's just chaos. And, and that's what you want. So then that reinforces the value. I know that you found some comments. It, we, we've had this debate on the show, and, and I know you know the stat, Connor McDavid, the last eight playoff games he's had, four against Chicago, uh, and then four against Winnipeg. By the way, he's got 13 points in those eight games. But he's not drawn a penalty, which is a shocking statistic. And there is belief from some, myself included, and I respect the depth players. Don't ever think I don't, Mike, but the league needs to protect the star players a little bit more. And some people think it's the people that are running the league, specifically some of the ex-players like the Colin Campbell types, that, you know, maybe think a bit more uh, to the benefit of the third and fourth line of depth defensemen than they do to the star players. How would you assess that from your perspective? Yeah, you know, it's um, – I can see the argument there. I mean, there's things that I would like to see called a little bit more. And, you know, when you see guys just laying cross checks, um, I mean, geez, we can go just a few days ago and look at the Scott Mayfield, Nikita Kucherov thing. Um the fact, I guess my thing is it, that should have been a penalty call that happened early on, but it was even more so that he had about 35 more cross checks the rest of the game that weren't called. You know, at right. some point, and we all know in the playoffs, we're not, this, is the, this is the other side of it, and then I'll, I'll come back to maybe a little more where I am. All it takes in the playoffs is to make one call. So it's not going to be, oh, well, we got to punish this team, you know, eight times tonight. You take one bad penalty or you set the bar as the referees, and this is, this is a penalty or deemed a penalty, guess what? It's going to stop. It's going to stop quick because you're the playoffs. You can't afford to do it. So I think that it's very correctable. On the other side, though, I, I, and I'm not saying this with the Edmonton Oilers. This is where you and I were talking. I'm saying that a lot of people out there, I think a lot of people are like, well, you know, these playoffs stink because Obi's out early, Sid's out early, Connor's out early, Austin Matthews is out early. And my thing is that, you know, we still have talented teams winning the Stanley Cup, and they find ways to fight through it. Those guys, some of them that we just mentioned, have found that way. It took a while to get there, but they found out how to do it. So I think it's the stars have to find ways to still generate, but then also the, the team has to find ways to do a lot of those things we've already said in this discussion to, to, to win come playoff time. Um, I just don't buy the excuse that the league is holding back stars. I, I just think that you know, when you're looking at this this league, and the one thing is if the players and the GMs want change, change is going to happen. It, it, it Maybe we're at that point now, but if players think, oh, my gosh, this is ridiculous, we've got a different set of rules come playoff time, they need to bring that up with the PA. The PA has to get that ball rolling. The GMs have to discuss those things. The, the ability to change is there, I believe, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but that's how things get going. And up to this point, we haven't really seen a big cry out for that from the players or the GMs. What would you say to the perspective? We're joined by Mike Rep from the NHL Network, uh, played over 600 games in the NHL, reinvented himself to be a very effective bottom six player. You were tough. 
Some would say the challenge exists because of how the game's managed today. The, the league doesn't want fights. They don't want fighting, so they've sort of weaned everybody off of having enforcers, and those were the same guys that protected the star players. So now it becomes more incumbent upon the officials to protect the star players because we don't want guys grabbing it. You know, we've got the, the instigator penalty, all that kind of stuff. We've, we've taken those those more physical tougher players completely out of the game you got to be able to at least skate if you're gonna be, uh, you know be a fighter these days in the nhl or you don't play how would you respond to that that, that we don't let the players police themselves therefore the officials have to do a better job policing yeah i don't think there's one one answer to 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 it all if it was that easy i think that it would have been done but i I think there is something to that from the degree of i just know from my experience playing that when uh, you know i was a part of it when i came in the league in 2002 three season um the league was already starting to change from from one place and and then from there till 2005 after the lockout there it changed and then all the way till i retired it was it was always changing um and you had to change as a as a player, I had to change to survive. And, and one of the things that I noticed in that process is when they started weeding these things out via the rules, the game started getting quicker. These are things we want and we love to see. But what ended up happening is you can go in somewhere and, and we don't, we're not calling for the wild, wild west. I don't want the wild, wild west. What it used to be, to be honest with you, you know, I had to play a tough game. I wouldn't have survived in that wild, wild west back in the day. Are you kidding me? Do you think I would have wanted to go fight those guys? There's not a chance. But I was able to. Um, it's almost like I benefited from it too because I started looking around and be like, no one's going to do anything. Like, who's going to do anything to me? I'm 6'5". Like, uh, you know, I don't... So now I can start being more of a bully out on the ice. Well, take that to someone who's 5'10", trying to stay in this league. Now all of a sudden, everybody's brave. They don't have to answer anything. So when you go to a team that maybe has six or seven guys that are rugged guys, they play that certain style, the game's fast, the game's different now. When you have six or seven guys that do that, now all of a sudden you've got, you got 18 guys every night that, because there's no answer to it. So I, I find that now all of a sudden our goal as a player every night is to be noticed. Noticed by your team, noticed by another team, to make the score sheet. I mean, that's the old adage is if I'm not scoring, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something. I'm going to get on that score sheet, and that's never changed. So when you can sit there and that's your goal. Now 18 guys know. I guess my point is guys get a little more brave. And guys that normally wouldn't be brave if they ever had to answer to it. I think that as former players is what gets us the most is that you sit there and you look. And that's where the rat term comes out, right? The guys who, you know, if you would have been a guy that stood up for it back when um, you had to, then, then that's just how that guy is going to play. But now it opens up a whole new level of Everybody's doing it. Everyone can do anything they want because there's no answer to it. And now you've got 18 players hacking and whacking your superstars as opposed to maybe five or six. I'm not calling either guy a coward, but look at how Clutterbuck and Komarov play. And th- right, those guys are very. Exactly. Like, but that's the Islanders team. Like, they, and they've got toughness. Martin is, you know, a legitimate guy that can take care. He's not. He doesn't scare anybody, but he can do the job when it comes to fighting. But they got to. I mean, they've got Ross Johnson. They don't even play him. Like, and he is a super. But they've got an identity as a team where everybody plays. A, and I think they're a team that's maximized. Kind of what you're saying there. So it's an interesting thing. Mike, love having you on the show. We got Rob Brown up next. So a couple former Pittsburgh Penguins. George LaRock does the show once a week as well. So always appreciate you having on. Thank you for your time. Enjoy Tampa Bay.
All right. Thanks, Bob. Tell all the boys I said hi, and I uh, look forward to talking to you next time. All right, super. There you go. That is Michael Rupp, who played uh, 610 NHL games uh, when he signed with the New York Rangers in the summer of 2011. Remember the summer of Steve in 2011? The Edmonton Oilers had interest in him at that time as well, and then he ended up going um, to Minnesota and finished up his career there. So the Oilers were, that was uh, the year they signed Belanger and Ben Eager, and there was certainly some interest in in how effective uh, Rupp had been with the Pittsburgh Penguins during the course of the 2009-10 season, 2010-11 season. He was a real good player for them for a couple of years. In a bottom six role, scored combined 22 goals, 13 and 9 goals in back-to-back seasons. It is uh, one 24 in Edmonton. We'll take a Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Quick timeout. Get to some of your texts and do the orders now. Injury report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers when we come back. Hi, this is Mike Smith from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. And welcome back, everybody. 126 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Reminder, you can reach us on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline at 7804960063. And text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street and 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. Mike Rupp was our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. To the Oilers Now Injury Report, brought to you by James H. Brown, Injury Lawyers. Uh, the heavy hitters. Trent Brown was a heavy hitter back in his football playing days. Became, reinvented himself. He was a speed merchant quarterback, a cornerback, and got moved to safety and became a heavy hitter. James H. Brown, injury lawyers, the heavy hitters. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Here's Brendan Escott. I imagine Joel Armia, a heavy hitter in the bottom part of Montreal's lineup, Love is going to be missed. Love him as a player. He uh, Good player. not make the trip to Tampa Ball with the rest of the Canadians last night. Uh, he's in COVID protocol second time this season for him. Uh, Jake Evans did practice on the fourth line yesterday. will likely slot in for Armia uh, for these first two games at least. Golden Knights defenseman Alec Martinez played the entire 2021 playoffs on a broken foot. And uh, I saw somewhere on the weekend that Oilers defenseman Oscar Kleffbaum has been reported he's unlikely to play without doing more damage to his shoulders. So uh, we'll see where that leads, I guess. Yeah, I think Jason Greger put something out to a lot of fact i just uh and, and we've talked about this all year uh all year literally and said look like 75 25 the orders have to plan without uh cleft bomb and if you th- and people say well i gotta protect them i'm like no they don't have to protect them and there's some extenuating circumstances maybe why they don't have to protect them as well uh just on armia did i not see somewhere where he was taking um here it is uh yoel armia uh, is on a private plane flying down to, uh, here it is. Uh, this from Emily Kaplan. Thank you, Cactus Jack. Uh, Yoel Armia is on a private plane to Tampa and will be a game time decision tonight per Luke Richardson. That implies that Armia has now tested negative to clear COVID protocols. Uh, again, he was on that list earlier this season. All right. There's an old saying, cars cost less than with Tasquin. 
I think we have a chance to do something with Brent Ridge Ford. We can play a trick on Uncle Milt. With gas at 130 plus, uh, Milt has started driving a Ford Fusion Energy plug-in hybrid, which allows him to drive home and use no gas. This car has just over a 1,000 clicks on it, and uh, our man Johnny out at Brent Ridge Ford wants to sell it from under Uncle Milt. It's about 30 k 29997 It buys it with low interest rate and extra warranty, and you can reach Johnny. The number, if you're interested in a... Steal of a deal for a Ford Fusion Energy plug-in hybrid. You can reach Johnny at 780-360-1730. That's 780-360-1730. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Back with Rob Brown from the Oilers Radio Network. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.